0: Good afternoon. This is Mimi Kelly, mimikelly.com on the internet, and Mimi Kelly writes on Facebook. Mimi Kelly called to Write. I'm gonna get one tagline sooner or later, on Twitter and Instagram. And I am so blessed! Oh my god. I am here with two amazing writers. Not one, but two. Miss Abby Schwartz, can you say hello, Abby? Hi. Hi, she says, and Pam, I don't want to mispronounce your last name, Spritzer. You like one. Yes? Like did the I wine. do it? I did it correctly. Yes, you so, did. So that's Pam. And uh, we are just going to have a little chat about women who are not mentioned nearly enough. And I am picking women that exemplify my shout, which is shine, have hope, overcome, use your power, and take charge of your life. And I think these creative women exemplify my shout. And I think there are women who are not mentioned enough. So, Abby, you have a company. Tell us about your company.
1: So my company is called Brainstorm Communications. And it is a marketing business for hospital systems.
0: A marketing business for hospital systems. And you have parlayed that into your creative writing, correct?
1: Yes. So I started in advertising in my career and I was on the art side. I was an art director, um, but I was an art director who always wrote. I could write and, um, always loved writing. So, um, when I started my own business 20 years ago, I added writing to the creative services that I offered. So I do communications for hospital systems, everything from advertising and marketing work to, um, you know, web website content for them, uh, case studies, articles, blog posts.
0: Yes. Like in a second, get ready. Cause in a second, I'm getting ready to talk to Pam, but in a second, I'm going to come back to you. And I want you to tell us about your journaling experience and how you found your voice in that process, because I think that's amazing. I really do. And this Pam Spritzer, I read, you know, how I got to know you by reading that article, give me the name of the publication because I don't have it in front of me. I don't know which article you mean. Oh my goodness, you don't know what, it was an article about race. And oh my goodness, I wish I'm gonna, I wish I had the article.
2: Well, there there were a couple on Salon.
0: No, it wasn't Salon. It's the the non-profit.
2: It was one in the LA Progressive?
0: Yes, that one. Yeah, okay. What was the title of that article? Because when I I read that article, I said, I have to get to know this woman.
2: I think it was something like how racial capitalism hurts us all. Something along those lines.
0: And she says that like, that's, you know, I think it was how racism,
2: say it again, Pam. How racial capitalism hurts us all.
0: racial capitalism hurts us all. She says it like, you know, oh, it was something about tying your shoes. No, it is something about changing your life. And your writing was just, you know, I, I love to read writing where I read the first line and I'm like, okay, I don't care what's going on in the world. I have to finish that. And that's the way I felt about your piece. And that's the way I felt about your piece, Abby. Your piece was longer and I knew that I had to give myself time. And so I didn't finish it in that one setting. Pam, it was like a cool drink of water that I needed after walk, walk, walking across the desert, okay?
2: Can I just correct myself? It, the actual title is The Violence of Racial Capitalism Hurts Us All.
0: Ooh. Ooh. The violence. I'm putting that everywhere I can find it. The Violence of Racial...
1: Capitalism.
0: Hurts Us All. Nice. I'm putting that everywhere. And that's what I will do, ladies. I will make sure that your links to your work are up on all my sites so everyone can find you. <sighs> Let me just take a deep breath and exhale because I'm so excited. <sighs> so, Abby. Yeah. Going back to your journaling. <laughs> tell me about that, the journaling uh, activity you were involved in.
1: So something quite amazing happened to me um i'm gonna backtrack a little uh to summer of 2019 okay and i'm on instagram just scrolling through and i see an announcement from cheryl street the writer one of my favorite writers and she announces that she's going to be teaching a workshop a weekend workshop at kripalu center called the story you have to tell and it's all about writing memoir and you need have no prior experience. And it was one of those moments where I thought this is it because for a really long time, I've had that yearning to write memoir, to write about my life and kind of needed that permission from someone to say, you don't have to be an expert at this. You can do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I could write because I've been writing professionally for clients, you know, in a marketing context. But I signed up without thinking about it too heavily. I signed up for this weekend course and I figured I'd go it alone and be brave and drive up there the five hour drive and and do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course it was slated for the first weekend in April, 2020. So we all know what happened, COVID hit. Um, I canceled before the place canceled, the place shut down. And um, that same weekend that I would have been at that seminar I see something on Facebook. I'm not sure how it got onto my newsfeed, but it was about a project called the isolation journals. And it was a 30 day writing prompt project where you could sign up, get a daily writing prompt, and you could post on a private Facebook page or on their website. And so I was curious about it and went onto that page and kind of lurked there for a couple of days before I decided to post something and try my hand at it. And it just kind of um, blew my world open. I started getting positive responses to my writing. I started Mm. engaging with the other writers. And before I knew it, I had, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but I found my voice. And I found that this yearning that I had had reached a point where it was riskier to not move forward and start doing the kind of writing I wanted to do than to just kind of tamp it down out of fear that people wouldn't like it. So I ended up finding a writing coach and I started writing a memoir. Um, being involved in that community led to getting to know other writing communities, taking mm-hmm. some online courses. That's, uh, you know, how I met both of you on a weekend course. And yes. um, I started pitching essays to editors. I've gotten published in Wired since then. and. Um, have a piece up on the manifest station, which you'll link to about yes. finding my voice. And, and I have an article coming out soon. I'm working on it now for, a, I'm not going to say where it is yet because
0: I'm a little superstitious. Like I, was, I was all ready to do the drum roll.
1: <laughs> well, it's a, it's a big
0: it's a internationally big known
1: newspaper. It's a, it's a yes, big one feather in my cap. Yeah.
0: And I'll be bragging. I'll be bragging. I love to brag on folks. That's why it's like I like to. I want a journey with folks who I really um, think they have powerful work because I'm like, okay, somebody's gonna make it big time, and then I'm gonna have bragging rights. <laughs> I'll be the gale. I'll be the gale to Oprah. Right? Um, I'm coming back to you. I want Pamela to tell me it's. You say Pam is your real name, Pamela? Pam?
2: Uh, well, I don't. Well, that depends on how you define real. I, uh, I your birth name
0: was it Pam or Pamela? Well,
2: uh, I know well, that's the, a little complicated because yes. I was adopted. But yes, but, but the full name the full name is Pamela. But I I generally unless I'm in a foreign country, I you know, people call me Pam.
0: Yes. So Pamela. <laughs> I, I was, I was thinking. I called you Pamela. I want you to be Pamela. It's fine. I, mean, I, I don't
2: call know me why. Whatever you
0: call um, but I was thinking. I mean, as I as I've been preparing, I haven't been preparing. I've been just living and being. But as I'm living and being, I'm thinking about Abby and Pam because I know we have this special date today. And I was thinking, how interesting it is that? Our lives are so different in a sense. Uh, with your being adopted, I think I I I'd love to hear the journey of someone who comes to this earth and they don't have earth parents waiting to, you know, nurture them and take them home, and because I was born to a very strong woman, you know, who who nurtured me mightily. So, do you mind speaking about that? In in I don't rega- mind
2: speaking I don't. Uh, sorry, go, keep going. No, I don't mind.
0: So, I I I want. I'm interested in knowing how did you get to the point where you wanted to share your voice, and you knew that it was something that was going to add to the world.
2: Oh well, that's not necessarily related to my having been adopted. Okay. So, so which which?
0: I want to hear about your journey of being. Adopt it. If you can share about that a little bit. Okay.
2: That's a, that's a different question. And that's fine. I'm happy to talk about whatever you want. So, Hmm. Well, I am the result of one inebriated encounter between uh, two students Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
2: at a party uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And uh, those two people never met again, but And in fact, this may be more detailed than your listeners want, but here we go. Uh, My biological mother was a hippie. Mm. I mean, she's still still a hippie, effectively. But in any case, she was in no way ready to have a child, to raise a child. But um, she was advised not to abort, just to be totally candid. Right. And uh, she didn't want her family to know that she had gotten pregnant. Right. So she went to live with a friend who was living in Rome as an artist mm-hmm. for that year to mm-hmm. have me and give me up for adoption. And I now actually own an etching that that friend made of her entitled In the Seventh Month. In any oh, case- wow. Yeah. It,
0: <gasps> ah, it, it, that's the story and, right there. And, in and, the seventh and, month.
2: Oh. And, you, and you see her belly in the picture. And uh, I now have a daughter of my own And we joke about how we're all in that picture. Uh, But anyway, so I was adopted by an American couple, then living in Washington, DC. I flew from Rome to JFK by myself at the age of four months. Mm -hmm. I don't remember this, but this is what I'm told. Uh, And uh, let's see, I don't wanna go into too much detail. Basically, I can't remember my parents told me at such an early age that I was adopted that it just feels like an organic part of my identity. It's not, it doesn't feel traumatic at all. Yes. Yes. And, and although my mother was not an easy person to put it uh, to understate the matter, right. I knew that she loved me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't feel unloved for all the, all that I did uh, endure in my childhood. Uh, and um And in fact, I took care of her and my father in their final years, although I have an older brother who's their biological son. Uh, So it it was a very successful adoption, I would say on the whole. Uh, And then, and I now have a relationship with my birth mother, Uh, my parents, I think I, right. So should I stop talking now?
0: you t- you told me you were taking care of parents. Is that your birth, mother or your? No, adopted? no, no,
2: I was I, I took care of my my mother. no, when I usually when I refer to my parents, I mean my parents who raised me.
0: Okay, got uh, it. got
2: it. And so no, my mother developed Parkinson's and had a long, painful decline. And uh, then my father was alone for the first time in his life after my mother died at the age of 91. So I talked to him every day, I visited him wherever I could, and then I was with him at the end of his life when he went on hospice, and I was with him when he died. And that's how I became interested in hospice work.
0: Okay. Well, and I mean, I love to hear all those details, because I think every single step that we take has a part in our making a decision to share our voices, you know? Um
1: I've gotta say, I'm kind of I'm latching on to some of these details. I had a mom my mom's still alive, but she has Parkinson's and right? blind a lot. And she was difficult too growing up. You know, I mean, I love her and but the relationship's complex. There's oh yeah
2: no no it was it was i mean i i i mean i could talk about it she's not alive and it's not even a secret to anyone who knew her uh but but i would say um well i'll just say briefly she was the angriest person i've ever known and she was paranoid
0: Mm. and
2: she was uh tyrannical uh and i couldn't wait to get away from her as a as a child and i was terrified of her uh, but all those decades later when she developed Parkinson's, our relationship, our roles were reversed, right? Because she was suddenly helpless and frail and our relationship was transformed by, by that caretaking in that period. I mean, it really was by the time she died, there was incredible tenderness between us. Mm. It was really, it was really uh, remarkable. I find that so interesting because I was terrified
1: of my mother when I was a kid too. My mother- are you? Wonderful and sweet. My, I had the most wonderful dad and lost him 10 years ago, but it wasn't until I was an adult that I had a nicer relationship with my mom. She seemed happier when she had the time to do things that she wanted to do when she wasn't at home saddled with four kids. And she turned. she was a wonderful grandmother to my daughter. And so in that relationship and witnessing that, I was able to have a better relationship with her. And it's only now that she's got some dementia that I'm seeing that at times, that angry woman from my childhood again, because sometimes in her dementia, she re- reverts back to that personality and that's kind of tough.
0: But mm-hmm. well, one of the things that you said that's striking to me, Abby, is that when you said after the is- uh, isolation journaling, Uh, experience you decided it was riskier to not share your voice than to share what do you can you explain that just a little bit yeah
1: you know it's that realization that I could actually be good at this Mm -hmm. and that if I'm the only reason I don't find out if I am that that's tragic to me that, that I would hold myself back so um my confidence has grown a lot and, um, I'm enjoying the whole process. It's funny. I I've had this kind of creative itch for, I'd say at least the last five years. And I didn't know what it meant.
0: Mm. This
1: feeling that there's something I should be doing. It felt like there needed to be some kind of collaborative component to it. And I didn't know if it meant I needed to get back to doing art like I used to. Mm -hmm. or if it had to do with writing I didn't know what it was and then once once this all kind of came together it just felt like a bunch of puzzle pieces clicking into place and then I thought oh this is it you know this is it
0: yes I'm going to have to pause for one second because I'm having some kind of technology issue with zoom hmm they're telling me I need to upgrade my account, or they're going to shut me down. Hold on for one second, okay? Let's see if I can fix this. Okay, so that's interesting. I um, what that letter? I sent you guys a letter, and I don't have that letter in front of me. Did you read that letter that I sent? Where get a
1: chance? yeah? you
0: have to read that letter. You don't know what you're missing with that letter. She, that writer, so explains what. Um, this, the anxiety that us writers feel when we put our words out into the world. You know, that feeling of, is it enough? Does anybody really care? You know, the things that you said, are you good enough? And, you know, I just, I think it's an amazing um, to understand when a woman decides, yeah, I'm enough. And yeah, the, wor- the world needs to hear my voice. Do you know when that moment came for you, Pam? Oh boy. Um,
2: I guess I didn't conceive of it in exactly those terms. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did, I wanted to say uh, about about your, the tagline. What is it exactly? Women who?
0: Women not mentioned nearly enough. Right, women
2: not mentioned nearly enough mm-hmm. that, that I don't actually tend to see myself through a gendered lens or any other particular aspect of my identity. Interesting.
0: Uh,
2: I mean, I see that obviously I'm aware of my gender, but I just, I don't, I don't, I, th- I see myself more as a, as a, in a totality. Uh, so I, you may or may not know that I, for a long time made a living as an editor, which is basically promoting other people's voices yes. and, It didn't occur. It took many years because I don't look through that gendered lens habitually before it occurred to me that that my lifelong practice of of advocating for other people's and their voices might actually be gender based and stem from the traditionally subordinate roles assigned to women. And even Hmm. as I say that, I don't I don't actually connect with that viscerally, though I recognize intellectually that it may well be the case. And yet at the same time, as we were just discussing, the household in which I grew up, uh, the loudest and most authoritative voice was that of my mother. Uh, So much so that there was no room for mine. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think that's where it all began, really. Mm. Uh, And it just took me a long, long time.
0: Well, and you know what? That resonates with me. I was talking to a director today, and I said to him, "You know, part of the reason I think I discovered my voice only in my 30s, was because I had such a powerful mother that I sort of just sat at her her feet. And, um, but in a positive way, powerful, but still, I just didn't, you know, I didn't speak a lot. I know it's going to be hard to believe that I didn't talk much, Uh, but I have to end my wonderful interview with Abby Schwartz and Pamela Spritzer. There were some technical difficulties with the second part of it, but I am just so grateful that I have this part um, and that I was able to talk to two amazing women who are not mentioned nearly enough, Abby Schwartz and Pam Spritzer. And you can look in the Shout uh, podcast uh, for their bios and pictures, okay? God bless. Thank you for listening to MimiKelly.com. Mimi Kelly writes on social media.